Warning. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to Viewers Anonymous. Yo, what's going on? I am Scoots Bronson. And I am S. Foster. And this is the Viewers Anonymous Podcast. What's going on, bro? Oh, uh, man, I can't call it, man. Just really excited for this episode, man. This, this is uh, this is two movies, man, that, that do, like, you know, out of all the stuff we've done, this might be one of the ones that's, like, really in the top five of the quote-unquote rewatchable. Like, I can watch this, either one of them, anytime it's on TV, man. Anytime. Yeah. I love this. I love yeah. What we doing today? I love this, man. Like, I don't care if everybody say it's not realistic. I don't care nothing about any of this shit. Like, man. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, because I, I, hear, I hear people say, like, oh, man, ain't no way in hell they can live after that. I don't care. Like, this shit is entertaining yeah. as hell. Entertaining as hell, but anyway, man, how you feeling, man? How you been doing? How you been doing, man? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? It's um, it's a, a a third episode. You know what I'm saying? We done went through. We done had a, a great guest in Jamar, man. You know what I'm saying? He came through and helped us out. We did the thing, bro. It was it was good having him on. You know what I'm saying? Just I'm enjoying it right now, bro. I'm enjoying it right now. Yes, sir, man. Like we trying to definitely, you know, take these podcasts to the next level. Um, you know, mm-hmm. giving the people trying to give people, you know, different options of ways that they could take in the pods, man. Like, you know, I'm looking into as far as the twenty eight minutes or less, I'm looking into, you know, doing some visual shit for that as well. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we're giving the people what they want and we're gonna keep coming with these movies, man. Um like this it's just it's just one of those things, man, like, I'm not trying to do the whole little shit of, you know what I'm saying, you know, it's 2021, let's glow up now, this is just more of, like, you know, setting the excuses aside and just, yeah, you know, just doing that shit, man. So, yeah, I yeah, agree, like, man. I'm, I'm really, really, really looking forward. Hey, yeah, I'm, look, I'm, looking forward, I'm looking forward to this year, man, not, not in the fact of, like, I wasn't looking at the, you know, looking... Like, I wasn't taking these not serious or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We just did the, you know what I'm saying? We just did the year episode. You know, so we were doing this for a year, a couple of episodes ago, you know, back on the first. So, yep. you know, to be able to, to be able to have this thing going for a year and to see the growth that we've had just in a short amount of time, it's like we always say, like, you know, I'm going to say it again, you know, if we got new listeners, like, you know, we, we did like an episode or two in January, like one or two in February. And then it was like, we didn't do none for like four months. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And to still and take it and do it more consistently and to be pushing out. Now we're pushing out two episodes a week and to see the growth that we had in this small amount of time, you know, within a year. So hopefully, you know, we could take this more to another level in this year in 2021, man. So that's what I'm looking forward to as well, man. That's right, man. And you know what I'm saying? The only thing we can do at this point, bro, is just keep going. Um, we had a great year last year. You know what I'm saying? We we actually we came up, we overcame some hurdles, man. You know, between uh we lost the episode and then, you know what I'm saying, we came back and, and did an even better episode. Um we found some ways to incorporate some things and, and this year, as you guys can see, is something new because now um, we had visuals before, but it wasn't exactly what we kind of wanted it to be. But this year, we got something even better. So, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully, you guys enjoy this. You know what I'm saying? Now, you know, you don't have to just listen to it. You can actually watch us. Um, and this is this is a, a, an amazing, you know what I'm saying, new adventure for us, man. And I'm excited about it. So, um, we we going to go ahead and get into it. What's up, man? You ready? Hell yeah, I'm ready, man. And then also, I want to say... And, like, man, look, fuck the bullshit. What I'm really happy, I'm also happy about the visual shit. 
Because I, I don't have a radio voice, but I got a TV face. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. <laughs> that's, how I, <laughs> that's how I feel about I that shit. That. And that's how that. we giving it to him, man. That's how we giving I it to him. But yo, like, man, what we doing today, obviously the people, you know what I'm saying, that clicked on it, they already know. You know what I'm saying? Kill Bill Volume 1 and Volume 2. Um, yes, sir. I think, you know, Uma Thurman, man, she completely murdered this shit. Like, we know. I'm guessing um, because it seemed like, to me, as far as Quentin Tarantino, Pulp Fiction is what got her Kill Bill's Part 1 and Part 2. Mm-hmm. And the way that these movies go, is you can tell that this was a two like a two part deal. Like they already knew it wasn't no kill bill one, let's see how the success go when we'll give you kill bill two. Like these movies yeah. they co you know what I'm saying they coexist with each other. So you know this is this is something that the actors and actresses already knew like yo this is gonna be a two part thing. And I love the way that they did it because when you look at the list and the way that they did the shit like it wasn't in order, and like mm-hmm. that's what make this shit so damn cool because it's so unorthodox of how it's done. Because when you look at the list, you know, Oren was supposed to be she was the first person on the list, but the first yeah. person that they showed was Vivica Green. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. like the way that they did that shit and how they was able to go back and forth and like explain how they did that shit was so fucking awesome, but like basically to break it down, she was um she was really like the, the main contract killer that they had. And which is cool because it's like we just did a contract killer a couple of episodes back in that yeah. So that's kinda that's yeah. cool. And I, I just that just popped in my head just now. But you know she was yeah, a contract was killer. Yeah um, yeah. And that shit was hard. And that was one of those ones that just popped up out of nowhere. And um, so she was a contract killer. She was doing a, uh, doing one of her contracts. And she got sick. So she was like, all right, man, you know, let me take this uh, pregnancy test. Find out she was pregnant. So she found out she was pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Girl got the drop on her because she was seen. And then this is the crazy part. This was show in part two. Like, that's just how amazing that this shit was. So that was shown in part two. Um, a lady came to kill her. She told her she just found out she was pregnant. And she just said, fuck it. So she tried to disappear. Bill uh, found her at the whole team. The whole team tried to kill her. Problem is, she didn't die. She was in a coma. You know, then her whole thing was to go back and kill everybody. They fucked her over as far as Bud, Bill, um, Oh, uh, what was Ellen Driver's name? She was um, she was Copperhead, wasn't she? I think so. Um, yeah, I think she was Copperhead. Oh, she ran was um, I think she was Cottonmouth, and Biblical Green was. Damn, I forgot. I forgot what it was. But anyway, her whole thing was to go back and kill all these motherfuckers who fucked her over, and all she wanted to do was raise her child. So that was like, even though the storyline seems kind of simple, the visual of that shit is hard as hell, man. It's, it's, it is so hard, man. <laughs> man, this movie is, uh, well, well, both of them, both of them for me was, was a little bit different. Like, my first time seeing Kill Bill, because I think it came out of what, like 98? So my first time <clears throat> seeing Kill Bill. I was like, well, I think no, I was it came out, no, no, it's two, no, 2003. 2003. The first Kill Bill? Yeah. The first okay. one was 2003. I don't know why I'm thinking. I'm thinking of something else in 98. I'm sorry. Um, so 2003, I'm in like, damn, I'm a little bit older than that thing. So I'm probably about, I'm probably about either just out of eighth grade or just entering high school. And when I tell you, like, at first when I seen it, I laughed at it. I, I thought it was corny. I thought it was a parody when I first seen it. I didn't think it was a real, like, live action movie. I thought that Quentin Tarantino was making, like, a um, 
like a parody supposed supposedly like making like a female Bruce Lee or whatever. Because uh, uh I remember that scene that she had on the yellow, the yellow and the yellow and black striped track suit or whatever, and she was fighting in that, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? So I, I didn't watch it at first. And then um I guess later on down the line, like it had came on TV, it wasn't nothing to watch, and I actually start paying attention to it and watching it, and then I was like, "Oh shit, this is this is some real live shit." And then you know what I'm saying, like on top of that, like it's Uma Thurman, like I don't expect Uma Thurman to really be like as violent as she was in this. Like I know um, some time back she did a movie called The Avengers, but. Um, I forgot what the guy's name is. His uh he's in um man, he's in like a whole bunch of spy movies. But if you if you never heard of this movie, it's not the Marvel's Avengers that that we thinking of. It's a um British TV show called The Avengers. And it's about a man and a woman, they both spies, and basically uh they just they work for this, you know, this agency or whatever. And um they they get like all these missions and stuff and it's like it was a huge TV show back in the day and they ended up turning it into a movie and uh oh his name is uh Ralph uh Ralph Fiennes or Fiends or whatever his name is. Yeah, so, I know you're talking he's about the, he's okay, he's the lead, he's the lead male and then Uma Thurman is the lead woman. And that's that's where I remember her being in like action movies from. So like I I've, I've seen her in the action. I've never seen her like this though. Like this is beyond action. This is like some next level killer shit. Like she's slicing off heads. Like the the scene that they were in the um in the dojo or the or the little like I get I don't even know if it was a, it wasn't a, it wasn't it was a, like a club. Like yeah, yeah like, like they got on the dance floor and shit and then like she just started whooping everybody ass and cutting Break everybody dancing. up and then like she chopped old Dude. Yeah she chopped old girl head off. I was like what the fuck is this shit here, bro? <laughs> like that shit threw me for a loop because I was like, it went from karaoke to everybody dying, and I was like, yeah, that shit is crazy. It was, I mean, but it's a, it was, it was a great scene the way that everything transpired though, because you never expected it to go down that way, and I think that's one of the things that Quentin Tarantino has put um, in a lot of these scenes that he's been doing with Kill Will that he did with the Kill Bills is like you never really expected for certain things to go this way like you we talked about Vivica Fox when her, when her uh, character scene popped up and they fighting and then her daughter walk in and they you know they sitting there cooling and then she go to the back or she tell her like go do your homework or something and then she go to the back and then they go back to fighting and then she kill her and then her daughter walk out and then like she say something to her daughter and then it's like on to the next one and it's just like it's so crazy that you know what I'm saying like this this just the twist and everything that comes in some of these scenes. It, it's just, it, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's dope, but it's just like, it throw you off. Cause you're not, like I said, for me, I wasn't sure if it was a real movie or if it was like a parody. And after I actually sat and watched it, I realized like, Oh, this shit is real. So yeah. Yeah. It was all like, it started out that way. Like I love, like, usually I don't like a lot of the back and forth, but the way that they did the back and forth, and this was really, like, to me, this is the blueprint of if you want to do a movie to go back and forth into time, right? So it started mm-hmm. out with, with uh, Vivica A. Fox, which is uh, Veronica Green. And, like, so she comes in, she sees her, and so then they go at it. And like you said, the whole part of when the daughter got off the bus, she had a... Uh, you know, like you said, yeah. they stopped, and then like living room is all jacked up, and uh, and yeah. she blamed it on the dogs. She was like, "Mom, what happened?" And it's just like, "Oh, yo, you know that good, no good dog of yours came in acted a fool." And she was like, "You know, dog, this is she was like, you know, go in your room and I don't know." And so she asked her that she wants some coffee, <laughs> and she was like, "Yeah." She was like, "You still take it this way?" Because like, remember, it was tight. Like that was a team. Of, yeah, you know what I'm saying. They grew together for a couple of years. That was a real tight team, so she knew how she took her coffee, all that type stuff. And then, like, it was so funny. Like, she had got a spoon, and she was like, you know, Bill always said you was the best at, you know, weapons that aren't sharp or something like that. And so she was Mm -hmm. thinking about how she got the name Black Mama. 
That shit was like, I was supposed to be the damn Black Mamba. Like, how you get to be the Black Mamba? And then that bitch turned around with a damn box of uh, kaboom. What is it, kaboom? I think it was a box of cereal kabooms. That bitch turned around and tried mm-hmm. to shoot her through the box of uh, kabooms. And she hit her dead yeah. in the chest. And it was like, what the fuck? It's like, this movie starts out like straight action. And it was like, to start yeah. it off that way. And then you realize, like, damn, like, this bitch ain't even the first person on the list. But then she got on the plane to fly to Japan or whatnot. And so then she get into and like, dude, this is so perfect. Maybe you liked it. I don't know. I'm about to find out now. When when he when she started telling Oshiren's story, they changed that shit to cartoon. And then they showed how her uh, dad was in the yeah, military. I, I wasn't a fan for that. I wasn't really wasn't a fan of that part, but yeah. Cause that's, I thought, that's I thought one it of those was... things that helped me. That's one of those things that helped me feel like it was that parody parody thing. Yeah, like I thought. I thought it was. I thought it was interesting to do it that way because it was just like, like Oshi Ran's backstory. Because it, it really, that's really the only person that it really gave a backstory to. Like they didn't really mm-hmm. do it for anybody else. So, the to do it that way. I thought that what they wanted to show was how Oshi Ren could be as skilled as she was because maybe because her military dad was very skilled. I, I don't know if they wanted to show it in a different kind of way. And then, like, you know, Japan, like, they got that different kind of culture. Like, they don't have the same culture that we have. So I think that for them to do it in cartoon the way that they did it, I thought that it was, I wouldn't call it genius, but it was just, it just gave it that different, that different spark to it to make it seem like more superhuman, I guess. And like, now I'm not, tell her, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of it per se, but you are right when you say genius, because what that was ultimately was just, it was a homage to um, Japanese cinema. Because there's a lot of times, like, in certain movies, like, they'll be in, like, quote-unquote live action, and then they'll turn into that um, that cartoonish form, or they'll turn into, like, that draw. Like, that, it looks like somebody's drawing everything out, or whatever. Like, that's actually a homage to Japanese cinema. So, yeah, you are right about that. That is genius. No, look... I was thinking that maybe it was... I thought, I thought it was a nice touch. And, and like you said, I didn't think yeah. about it really being like that way. So I thought that that was cool. Like, so they gave us the whole backstory and then it gave us the whole scene of like when she went and how she tried to act like she didn't really know Japanese and then she got the dude to make of a sword. And like, I think that the reason I bring it up is because Bill is a very well-rounded guy. Not just well-rounded, but well-traveled. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. when she went into that bar and she said that she wanted him to make her a, a sword. And he was like, I don't do that anymore. And then she told her, well, she told him who it was for. And he made it, you know what I'm saying? Right off the rip. Like there was no questions that he told her that she could stay there. It's going to take him too much to make the sword and all this type of shit. And like, so I think what that does is it tell you like how deep in the game Bill is. Because yeah, for this dude to to break his word and to make the sword for her, I thought that that just told us like, okay, this Bill dude ain't nobody to fuck with. And then once mm-hmm. we saw, now I want to go back to that one scene. What I loved about that fight scene that was in the uh, in the club was how there was just small shit that they did to keep you to keep you tuned in. Like they would go from like they, it was in color, and then old girl blinked her eyes, and the shit went uh, black and white. So then, like they started yeah. doing fight scenes in black and white, and then she blinked, and then the color came back. And then, like they was, uh, they went into this one blue room, and then they was fighting in the blue room. And, it, and, it, and like, dude, I just thought that that shit was so cool how they was able to to really keep you engaged in that fight scene because that fight scene lasted a long time. But still, yeah. Within doing that, my favorite. But my favorite part is when she was down looking at that sword, and then she started like when all the people came the second time, 
And then she started breakdancing my G. What? <laughs> that was probably the hardest. That's that's the hardest martial arts I've ever seen in a movie. But she started breakdancing and cutting motherfuckers' ankles off and shit. That shit was hard, but <laughs> I'm telling you, I was, I was like, yo. But like you say, that same outfit though, I think that's what Bruce Lee wore in um, I think it was Fury. I think that he had that yellow outfit on. Cause it was the same outfit that uh that Bruce Lee had on. It, it, it was either End of the Dragon yeah. or Fury. I can't remember which one it was. But I think that that was also a homage to uh Bruce Lee with her just wearing uh, that I on outfit. So. I think it was yeah, I think it was the uh Fist of Fury. Okay. Yeah, I, I think they was paying homage to Bruce Lee in that joint. Mm-hmm. Dude, did you hear? Okay, I mean, kind of on, kind of, kind of on and off topic. So, have you seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No, I tried. To, okay. I tried to watch it one night, but my my internet started acting up, and then I couldn't really watch it. Watch it. I think I got to the part to where. Um, What's the last scene that I seen? Where uh, I don't even remember. I know I know that the stuntman would drive home or whatever, and like he fell in love with a girl or something like that. I know a little bit about it. I, I gotta rewatch it just to get this the stuff back. But I know exactly what you're talking about, though. Okay, so there was a scene where the uh, where the stuntman got into a fight with Bruce Lee, right? Yep. And yep. the 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 Lee family was upset because they said the way that they portrayed Bruce Lee, basically they said it was bullshit. Like they didn't like the way that Bruce Lee was portrayed in that. And yeah, I feel he was like, like a, he was basically just an actor. He wasn't really no fighter. Yeah, because like the stuntman basically beat, beat his ass. And then, like, they had him making, like, now, Bruce Lee made a lot of sounds, but, like, that the dude, the way the dude was doing it, it was comedic, right? So the family didn't like mm-hmm. the way that he was portrayed. But my, I bring that up because I feel like Quentin Tarantino wouldn't, he, he, it's like he wouldn't do anything to, you know what I'm saying, screw up the legend of Bruce Lee. So, like, I was kind of, like, the, the dude was a little funny with it. But then at the same time, like when you think about these Kill Bill movies, it seemed like, especially the first one, it seemed like it was really paying homage to Bruce Lee. But then I don't see why he would turn around and make fun of Bruce Lee and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But, I mean, all that doesn't matter. That that was just down at Bruce Lee wormhole. I, I don't know. I think... Uh... I think that what they what he did with that Bruce Lee ish character because I wouldn't say it was necessarily you know like Bruce Lee. You got to remember like he couldn't. First and foremost, he really couldn't even use Bruce Lee. That's why I think that he did that character the way he did him because he didn't want to necessarily get into that lane of you know uh, getting sued or having to you know do copyrights or anything like that, and so. For him to do the character that way, I think that was the way, or that was the way to use Bruce Lee in the movie without actually, you know what I'm saying, like having to use Bruce Lee in the movie. Um, but I don't know, man. It's, I, I think you brought up a very interesting point about, excuse me. Um, I think you brought up a very interesting point about how uh, Tarantino kind of kept us involved and enticed in some of these scenes especially with them being as long as they were like the the visual the visuals of them like you were saying like you know the switching from color to black and white back to color or you know being in a room that's all blue or being in a room that's like all red or being in the in the dance floor scene when the lights are splashing and you know the disco ball going and stuff like that like and then you know the, the music is is super loud so it's like you, you kind of feel like you in that atmosphere of you know, you you in there 
like watching it as it's actually happened instead of watching it on you know on screen or you know saying on film you actually get that feeling that you're actually there with some of the the, the you know the, the effects that he's giving us and I, I think that's one of the the major things that Tarantino does throughout this movie like even with the fight scenes you know you'll hit you'll see the you'll hear the punches or you'll you'll hear the the uh the swinging of a sword or you'll hear the sword clinking with the other sword or you know what I'm saying like the guns and all I mean like it's it's like it's it's very intricate about the sounds and then the colors and then the visuals of all this like it's not really over the top with a lot of stuff like it, well except for the blood the blood is always over the top with Tarantino but um <laughs> you know like <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like the the head the head getting chopped off and then like the, the blood fountain out the neck. And you know what I'm saying? Like it starts spraying at first and then it squirt, squirt, squirt. You know what I'm saying? Like just I think that the way he's putting the certain um effects into it, the way he's adding in, you know what I'm saying, the music in certain in certain scenes and the way that he's you know, the way he's able to like with like we said with the Vivica uh Fox scene, the way he can switch it on and off real quick. And you know they they had ten, and next thing you know they got to go to zero because her daughter come home. Like I think those type of things that are things that's really keeping you, or or really at the time, because I I think a lot of people forget like this movie was a was a major major deal at the time it came out because we've seen nothing like this before. There was nothing else like this on the market before Quentin Tarantino did this, and um, I think with him taking Uma Thurman and making her like this character. And and having her do these like outlandish, you know, violent acts at the time was like it kind of blew people's minds because it was like we never seen a woman in this in, in this kind of movie. You know what I'm saying? Like to where it was the blood and the gore, and you know what I'm saying? Like she was the lead character, and then like, and on top of her being a lead character, like she wasn't just fighting dudes; she was fighting other women. You know what I'm saying? Like this was a at the you know what I'm saying? Like this was something different. And then, you know, in number two, number two was even better because here we thinking that this whole thing is over. It comes back to where she's not done. Like she she's back on a, a whole nother, you know what I'm saying, a whole nother vengeance. And, and now it's even worse because now we know what she's capable of. And, you know, what I'm saying she gets to finally go and get her master in the second. One. So, I mean, it's. I don't know, man, it's I think that that being that that movie being what it was, that first one at least, that that first movie being what it was, I think that that set a, a huge precedent for so many other movies, and not just movies with female leads. I mean, just like action movies in general, because the the things that we see in the in the in the first movie are some things that we've never seen in any of these other movies. Like, where where do you how do you feel about that? Um, I think you make a great point because also, like, I think that it changed fight scenes because to mm -hmm. make and like and to re bring up the point of what I was saying earlier, like this fighting scene was so long and it was so many people. And this also brings you yeah. back to uh, I think it is Mr. Fury. That's the one where he was in like the dojo. Well, I'm talking about Bruce Lee when there was like 50 dudes yeah, in there and like, like he moved everybody ass. No, no, there was another one where there yeah. was like 50 dudes in a room. Like, he whooped all of their ass. And, like, this was, like, the same okay. thing, but she was just doing it with a sword. And, like, what I mean by making the fight scenes right. interesting, like, there was one point where, like, three people came down. And, like, so she had, you know what I'm saying, sliced everybody up, stabbed the one girl, and then, like, the sword was in the girl, and then she, like, hit that bitch on the top. And then everybody fell when she hit the sword. It was just like, just little shit like that makes it totally different from everything else. And also, you brought up music. We got to shout out The Wizard. The Wizard was the music producer on this damn thing. And that dude, we all know how he mm. get down. I mean, his group name is Wu-Tang. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they yep. they really get down with that Chinese culture, and they loved all of those. Oh, you know, all you got to do is listen to their music. You hear the sounds from Chinese um, or Japanese, however you want to call it. Well, Asian, let's just call it Asian. Like the Asian culture of those films that came out in like the 50s, 60s, and 70s and shit. So Quentin Tarantino mm -hmm. to get the wizard to do the soundtrack and to do the music and all that type shit, 
like that took it to another level because Quentin always find a way to people don't realize how important music is in movies because yeah that that shit like it it is it is very very important and I think somebody like the Wizard don't get enough credit well because he really wasn't mentioned because this wasn't really a soundtrack that people went out and really bought. Well, maybe some people did. It just depends on what type of music that you like. But I also thought that this also helped the movie as well. And to like to really think about it, like man. So the first one, she only went out the. Uh, let me see. I, I can't remember if she was Copperhead, but anyway, O.C. Ren and Monica Green was like like the two that she centered in on. And then she got the other three in the second one. But I want to mention this. I want to talk about how she got the pussy wagon, right? So she was in a coma. <laughs> she was in a coma. And my man, this was the this was the creepiest fucking scene in any movie, bro. <laughs> like, I that, this shit was so fucking wild, like. The way he explained it to do, like, uh, go ahead, go ahead, dude. Yo, Quentin Tarantino, like, that's him. Like, he gives you like that that weird fucking shit. So, yeah. So a man named is Buck, and he came here to fuck. And so, my man, so fucking Black Mamba, however you want to call him, the bride, or whatever. She's in a coma because she got shot in the head. And my man Buck was down using her cooch, you know what I'm saying, for $20 or whatever I think he said. I think it was 20 or 30 or something like that. So he explained it to my man. He was like, all right, man. He looked at her and he was like, all right, so you're trying to fuck? He was like, he was like, oh, yeah. He was like, all right, you know, 20 or 30. And he was like, all right, man. He said, there's rules. He was like, rule number one. He was like, you can't hit her. He said, we can no knuckle sandwiches because if the nurse come in and she got a, you know, a shiner on her face, we got to explain it. And then he was like, then number two, he was like, man, her plumbing down there is all jacked up. He said, so you can come all in her and she won't get pregnant and all this type shit. And so then he was like, we good on the rules? And he was like, yeah, he said, we good. And then he go to walk out and said, oh, yeah. He said, sometimes this girl can get dry as like the sand or whatever. <laughs> this motherfucker had Vaseline and tossed in the Vaseline and was like, you know, sometimes she don't, you know, she dry as hell so you can use this and then you're good to go. And you're like, what the fuck? Like that shit was weird as hell. And so then, man, but they didn't know and she woke up out of that coma before. You know what I'm saying? They came in. So she heard all of that shit. So she basically bit this motherfucker to death. <laughs> I don't know if that's a... It <laughs> so he basically... He basically bled out of his damn bottom lip. So she basically killed this dude by just... I don't know. That, that, was, that was weird. That just speaks to how great she is. So then, after that, my dude yeah. dead... He tried to get out of the bed, and this is also something that I like with how realistic they made it. I'm pretty sure you get out of if you've been in a coma for as long as she was in a coma, your legs is dead. Like her legs mm-hmm. was gone. She tried to get out of that bed. She hit straight to the floor, and then she had a she hurt butt coming back. And then, dude, this is this is the worst. Like it didn't hurt me then. But ever since two, ever since January twenty sixth, two thousand and eighteen, this hurts me. When, <laughs> when Buck walked in that room and she cut that Achilles. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Like, but hey, there's like a little quick pain that go through Look. my Achilles bone when she gave him that Achilles cut. It's, it's only it's only two times I've seen that shit. Two times I've seen that shit, and that was. And Kill Bill and Hostel. No, not Hostel. Oh. What movie was that? Um, that was. It ain't Hostel. Uh, you sure it might be? Was that Hostel? I know. I seen. I, I know what you're hostile. talking about. I want to say it was Hostel too. 
No, it was. I think it was. That's when he had got out. It of was hostile. He tried to get out the chair, and they cut his shit. Man, when I tell you, bro, I seen that shit in the movies, and when I tell you, my life was never the same after seeing that because they showed him cutting that motherfucker. Bro, I was, I was so cool. <laughs> hey, but I get they the cut shakes, that shit. With, they cut that shit with the trimmers, with the lawn trimmers. Though it wasn't like a, a slice or a knife. He that no, he he snapped. Ah, uh, uh-uh. oh, man, I was so cool. <laughs> it hurt me, like, man. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this thing, man. Listen, that was the worst. That was the worst I ever, worst thing I've ever seen, bro. Ever, dude. To this day, dude, I gotta close my eyes, man. I can't, I can't look at it. I can look. I, mean, I can watch me that. You both, bro. Dude, I can watch that whole scene in that bar when she fucking everybody up. But by that Achilles cut, I can't watch mm-hmm. it. Like, like it just, mm-hmm. it just does it's something, just something to me, about- man. But like, yeah, like and like Quentin Tarantino, man. Like he, he's like that, man. Like he, he give you those, those little quick storylines of like just how nutty people could be. Like that scene was just so crazy and to think that like this is what this dude been using her body for so basically after she give him the Achilles cut and this is one part I did like when she was like where's Bill and she was slamming his hand into the door <laughs> and then he was like I don't know Bill and then she said where's Bill and she was slamming again and he said <laughs> he said could you please stop <laughs> And she was banging his head against the door. He was like, "Can you please stop?" And so then she ended up breaking his neck, and then she gets some wheelchairs, and she goes down because she looked at his keys, and then his keys said "pussy wagon." Mm-hmm. And then she said she hit him again one more time. And she's like, "Fucker!" And then so then she get in the wheelchair, and then she goes into the damn uh, parking parking garage, and then she just looked and she just put her head down. And then she hit the button, and then they showed the car in the back of the car. Said "pussy wagon" like there. The key said, "I was like, wow, boy. yeah." And then like she ended up telling the story in the back of that car until she could get her total wiggle. And then it said like thirteen hours later or some shit. And then she was able to finally walk mm-hmm. into the get into the front seat. Like just putting in like that little real because like he gave you some stuff that was realistic and like. Yeah, she probably wouldn't have been able to kill as many other people she did. Cause like, I wonder because the group was called um, the the Crazy Eighty Eight. I wonder did she kill eighty eight people? I wonder was the eighty eight people in that Crazy Eighty Eight. But I don't, I don't think that her being as as little as she was at the time, her swinging that sword, I don't think she was gonna cut nobody's head clean off. That's one thing I always looked at too. Like, there's no way she'd have cut anybody's head off or sliced anybody's arm off or nothing with that sword. I don't care how oh. sharp it was. She didn't dude, have she cut, the strength she, to do that shit. Dude, she cut a person in half. That's what I'm saying. Like, and there's no way she down. was going to do that. You see how little she now was? They, she, she's thin. I mean, the no. is she, she's not short. But she she is pretty thin. No, no, no. I'm I think that. Her, yeah, I'm talking about her arm size. Like her arm, like she don't. I, she don't have the necessary strength to swing that sword the, the the way that she was swinging it and really like cut some shit out. There's no way. Well, they say that the Hanzo sword was like the strongest metal known to man. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that was See, really the, showing yeah, more it's, it's the it's sword not the blade. than her. Yeah, that's that might be true, but it's not the blade, right? I think it's more so like when you well, I not think actually no. When you when you swing in a sword, the a sword is like a baseball, right? The harder you swing, the less effective it is. When you swing a baseball real hard, I mean a baseball bat real hard, you're not really getting your full yeah, you're not really getting that full potential out of the bat. Your the bat is all about momentum. That's how you hit home runs. That's how you get good hits, everything else. So when you swing in a sword, your sword is about momentum. It's not about how hard you swing it or how quick you swing it. It's all about the momentum of the swing. So the way she was swinging it, like she was swinging it like willy-nilly. Like there's no way she's chopping shit off like that. I feel I feel I like I like uh, Oshie Ren's um, bodyguard, Dogo. 
Go-Go was that deal, boy. Go-Go deal. Yeah. Man, she had that damn ball at the end of a damn chain. Man, the way she was working that chain, man, and then she, she hit a button and then What? Man, she was killing it, man. Like, I, I like Go-Go. Go-Go was, yeah. was one of my favorite characters. She didn't say much, but, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she was one of my favorite characters, man. And like it was, but see, um, I like I like when they, I like when they add those type of characters in, and then they get those they get those characters like certain weapons like that. Like um, they did it with uh, the Kingsman when old girl had the, the uh, legs for not I mean the knives and swords for legs and whatever. Like they kind of did yeah. that with her. Like just to be able to have that one character that has that different take. Like she not, she ain't using no swords. She using this. You know, so like this mace on the end of a chain. Like I thought that was super dope because you got to see a whole different fighting style than what you've been seeing throughout the whole movie. And that, once again, that's giving credit to Tarantino adding that in there and giving us something else to look forward to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, shout out to him. And then, like when she ended up killing Oshi Ren, you know what I'm saying? That was that was really the quickest. I mean, when you really think about it, that was the quickest fight. Like. Throughout both movies, was when like mm-hmm. what she had to go through, like she had to go mm-hmm. through. Let's say, like her people was called crazy eighty eight. Let's say it was eighty eight people. For her to go through eighty eight people, and then the mm-hmm. fight scene where Oshi ran really only lasted like the only reason they even lasted five minutes was because through the middle of the fight, Oshi ran had apologized for what she done, and she was like, "Look, I'm sorry." You know what I'm saying? Basically, it wasn't nothing personal. It was just some shit that Bill wanted us to do. Like, she didn't say all of that. She apologized. And, you know, the black mama took her apology, but then she was like, you ready? You know what I'm saying? She was like, nah, like, I'm finishing this. So, basically, she ended up chopping the top of her head off. And so, then that takes us to the second one. And then the second one, her whole thing was she wanted to, like, Bill had a brother named Bud. Bud was involved in it, too. And, like, he told Bud, like, yo, she's coming for mm-hmm. you. And, but see, this is the thing. At this point, they knew about O.C. Ren. So they knew that she was going to end up coming yeah. for them because she didn't die. So Bud had this whole idea. Bud was... <laughs> Bud working in the damn strip joint, and like that. No, that scene was so funny because see, this is what this is what Quentin does. So Bud go to work and he late. <laughs> so my man like, yo, like mm-hmm. why you late? And so he he gave him some bullshit excuse, and he was like, okay. He was like, you work Tuesday? He was like, yep. <laughs> no, you don't. And then he was like, you work Wednesday? He's like, yep. <laughs> No, no, you don't. <laughs> like, you work Thursday? He said, no. He said, yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you don't. And then he was like, man, he said, you get my point? And so he ended up sending Bud home. But before he left, one of the strippers came up to him and said, hey, Bud, <laughs> the girl's bathroom toilet leaking again. So, oh, yeah, shit all over the place, too. So <laughs> we need you to clean that up before you leave. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Like it just gives you like those little crazy little storylines that don't mean shit, but like that's just that little twist that fucking Quentin give you. And so then like she come out the blood, yeah. but like what was so crazy, and this is what shows you what's great about Bud. Bud got home and he stays in like this little uh mobile home or trailer. What is it? It was a trailer. So he stayed in this trailer like in the middle of fucking like Nevada or some shit. Ain't nobody out there but Bud. And like she wasn't even moving. Uh-huh. And Bud stood there and he was just looking. And he was like, she here. He knew she was there. He didn't know who she was. He just knew she was there. She yeah. ended up being under the trailer. And um, and so then she go to kick like Bud he turns on some music and he sits and he sits right in front of the door. And as soon as she came through the door, he shot her ass with rocks off. <laughs> that bitch went flying. Hey, well, she flew like 10 yards, but when she hit the ground. And then yeah. um, so Bud ended up calling somebody else, and they was gonna and they buried her ass alive. And like one of the crazy mm-hmm. parts about it was 
Bud had gave her an option because she was like, you know, like wiggling around before they uh, put her in the thing. So he put the damn mace up to her eye. He was yeah. like, yo, I can give you this mace or I can give you a flashlight. Like, which one do you want? Because, bitch, you getting one of them. And so she ended up choosing the red, the red light, the flashlight. And then that's when it gave us the flashback of her, what would you call him? A sensei, I guess. I guess. I guess that's what, what they would call my man. Um, and like, and this guy was the one who trained Bill. Like, he trained everybody. Yeah. Um. So I like how they was able to like give us those like backstories of how all of them became so elite at what they do. And then also what I like about this is they came out back to back because Kill Bill Volume 2 came out in 2004. So I like how they were able yeah. to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you gotta look at it like this, man. Um, as far as the as far as the acting goes in this movie, you know what I'm saying? Like Uma Thurman did her thing, but the rest to me, I feel like the rest of the the rest of the actors really didn't didn't have to do much. Cause I mean like she was like the main she was like the main person in the movie. Like the whole movie was kind of really both of the movies was really centered around her. And I felt like that kind of helped everybody else kind of do their thing. Like they really wasn't pressed about, you know what I'm saying, like putting on a performance. So like where where you stand on that? Uh I would I would agree with you because like I said before, she's the only person where we got like a background on. Her, oh, she ran. Really, that's it. We don't really get no backstory on Bill. We don't get no backstory on um, the one girl with the back, with the eye with the patch over eye. Now we did figure out how she ended up getting a patch over mm-hmm. her eye because she was back talking to Sensei guy, and she, and the dude snatched the fucking eye out. Yeah. So. Even when it comes to like, really, we don't get Buzz backstory. Like, we don't get nobody backstory but two people. So I think that also when you look at the cast, really, her and Lucy Lou was really the only ones that was that was on a run. I would say, mm-hmm. like Vivica, you know what I'm saying? Like at this point in the early 2000s, it seemed like Vivica was kind of slowing down a little bit. I mean, she's uh, still getting in movies. Yeah, I'd say she was getting, she was getting more so just them, them black movies. She was in those black movies real heavy. Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't like, you know what I'm saying, like Lucy Lou and Uma Thurman at the time. Like, they was booming. And so they really only singled those people out. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like what you're saying is right. Um, because I mean, I don't think it's a criticism, but I just think that the way they portrayed it was like O.C. Ren and, and and for some odd reason. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you know why when they would say her name, Beatrix Kiddo, like why sometimes through the movie they would black it out, not it out, but like they would beep it out? Did you notice that? Mm-mm. Dude, in some every version that I'm, well, I got, I got the DVDs. I got both of them, and like, I, I would watch it on Netflix. I would watch it on my DVDs, and like sometimes when they would say Beatrice Kiddo, it would like, yeah, it'll give it the beat sound, which was weird because even when she fought Vivica Fox in the first scene, when she told her daughter who it was, they they uh, they beeped out her name. Yeah, like, that was weird. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what that was. I don't know what that was, but that was kind of strange. But I like, I like how go back and check that out. Yeah, like, dude, it, 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 bleep it out. I don't know why I did that. I don't know if it was like a, like an inside joke type of thing, or what. I don't really know what that was. Um, but yeah, like, I, I like how they gave the backstory because 
what made it important, what made it important that they showed that was because there was this five, what was it, what kind of five point, five pressure point, some shit. Where, oh, I, uh, I forgot what it's called. I know what you're talking about, though. Yeah, where you would take five steps and your heart would explode. Yeah. And, like, so basically, when she ended up finding Bill, you know, after going through uh, Bud, and she didn't even kill Bud. Mm-hmm. The great thing is, old girl with the patch over her eye, she's the one who killed Bud because she came to Bud with, uh, I don't know, $2 million or whatever, how much was in the, in the case. And yeah. she had, uh, she put a black mamba in the thing. And so she tried to call Bill and say that old girl Beatrice Kiddo, the bride, or whatever you want to call her, Black Mamba, say that she killed your brother because she put a Black Mamba in his trailer. Yeah. And so she put up the money and then she climbed out of, and then she tried to see what she did was she tried to take the credit for putting her in the ground. Because I think that she was trying to elevate, because she knew, she knew as far as the girls, she was third on the list. She knew that Uma Thurman was number one, Hoshi Ram was number two, and she was the number three. So she was trying to elevate herself. So Mm -hmm. she she tried to take credit for what Bud did, and she thought that she was still buried in that grave. And then, so the, the snake came out, killed Bud, and then when she tried to leave, she came in that bitch. They go through her fight scene. She finds blood sword, and then they go at it, and they fighting in this tight ass trailer. And then she ended up. They had it was sword to sword, and they're looking at each other. And I like how the camera was going back and forth, looking at them. And all of a sudden, she just snatched that bitch on the eye out, and <laughs> that motherfucker was there. Man, she was going through that trailer, but that shit was hilarious. While she was running through that trailer with no damn eyes, this bitch had both of her eyes snapped out, snatched out, and so she left her in that trailer to fucking just go nuts in there with no damn eyes. That was fucked up. She had a terrible death. I assume she ended up dying. She hadn't died, though, man. She starved to death. She left her to starve to death. So she got the worst death, man. <laughs> That's funny, bro. All right, man. Well, so, just, wow. You know what I'm saying? We we done got through most of it, man. It, it's time for the fire flames, man. You ready? Yeah, man. You go first this time. I'm interested. I'm very interested to see what you say, man. Okay. Um... So for me, you know what I'm saying, like, when I look at this movie, once again, like, not using my initial, uh, not using my initial outlook of it, thinking it's a parody, realizing that it's a, it's a real movie, it's a real action movie, you know what I'm saying, um, both of them at that. I enjoy the, you know what I'm saying, the, the one character storyline, we got we got to learn a lot about Uma Thurman's character. Um, I think that it was more important, though to see that you can actually build a movie just around one character and not have to focus so much on everybody else and still have a a great movie. Um, Like I said before, you know, when this movie came out, this movie was like, this was really one of the bigger movies. Like this was like damn near on par with the matrix when it first came out, because this was something that we've never seen before. This was something that we've never seen done before. We've never seen a female lead take a movie like this and make it such a cult classic. Um, the visuals, of course, were make excuse me were amazing. We had um, we had plenty of um, blood showers throughout this movie. Um, you know what I'm saying? The the cast in this movie in both of the movies actually was was, was actually great. Um, that first one, especially with you know what I'm saying, like you said, like Lucy Liu. Um, Vivica A. Fox, like it's it's a bunch of different people that's in these movies that you know that really make this movie what it is, and they really had like small parts in this movie. They really didn't have like extensive parts in this movie. This was really or these movies, it was really more so just Uma Thurman just basically followed the camera, following her around. But um, I really don't, I really don't have 
anything bad to say about it other than the fact like you know what I'm saying that the one scene where he was talking about the, the Vaseline shit like I, I did not like that scene at all I thought that scene was kind of creepy as fuck um, but outside of that everything else and then the, the sword swinging thing was like she was just chopping off limbs like outside of that I thought the movie was great um, I'm going to give it a 3.5 Okay, three point five. That's, that's all right, all right, all right. Um, I'm gonna go a little different, a little different. Um, for me to be able to also keep, I don't know if I want to call it his word, but like he's one of those type guys who bring reoccurring people. Like Uma Thurman was in Pulp Fiction. You know what I'm saying? Sam Jackson, he had a quick little appearance in the, you know, he used Michael Parks a lot. He used Michael Maxson. So, like, for him to be able to find, like, little scenes for them, I thought that was cool. Uh, I actually enjoyed the uh, scene that you didn't like as far as the the blood squirting everywhere in that scene. Like, that, that's probably one of my favorite scenes Um when he when she went to go get Oshi Ren. Mm. But for me, the the rewatch the rewatchable quality is very high for me. I can watch this movie. I mean, at any time. Um I think that the music in the movie is let's call it interesting. So I'm gonna give I'm I'm gonna go a little a little higher than you, man, and you might be a little surprised with this man, but I, I think I'm gonna go 4.5, man. Like it's it's not it's not quite it's not quite that five, um, because the movies aren't the movies that I qualify as fives, it, it's not up there. But I think that it's high enough for me to go a little bit more than the four because how many times I have rewatched it and enjoyed it every single time that I watched it. I, I don't have a bored moment through it. It gives mm-hmm. me the action I want. It gives me the blood that I want. And like I said, I don't think the other people was really worthy of that background story. I don't think we needed it. I think Oshi Ren and Black Mama was really the only one that we needed. I like how we got the answer, how girl lost her eye, that she was cool yeah. as fuck. And then also it showed us Old dude had something for Black Mama because dude, the sensei dude didn't even teach Bill that five point whatever the damn thing called. But it was something about her that he liked to teach her that. I thought it was cool. So I'm going to give it a 4.5. Okay. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Um, So, you know, that was uh, that was a, a great episode, man. Um, this next one that we got up, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to get into the trailer. Um, We're going to talk about somebody very special. Uh, she's She's been doing this for about, I don't know what, 20, what, 20, 30 years? Yeah, about 20, 30 years. Um, very special lady, um... Every everything you see her in, man, she somehow finds a way to steal the show, whether it's on purpose or on accident. It's just one of those things to where she she just does it, and she does it in a major way. Um, but she's a she's a very special actress. Uh, you've seen her almost probably in everything, um, and she has a she has a very very extensive history. I'm excited to to talk about her. I'm excited to give her flowers in the next episode, man. How about you? Same here. Um, I remember when I brought it to you because, like, I think that the one great thing about having a platform is that you could pretty much do what you want. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that this is going to be one of those episodes where it's going to be like, this person, as far as the acting game, is like people don't look at her. I don't think people look at her as like legendary status because she never really had like a lot of starring roles. She's always been like a supporting 
actress type of thing. Yeah. But I think that the impact that she has in every film that at least that I've seen her in, she's always held her own and she she's not gonna be viewed as that, you know, what do you call that lady? What's that lady? We always use her because she got the most nods. Meryl Street. Yeah. She's she's not she's not on that level, but to me though, but to me, she's on that level. And she's like my favorite television mother. Like every time she plays, like that's pretty much all she plays. Cause she, it seemed like she hit her stride late. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or at least she started getting more roles like later in life. And mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that could have suffered in her career because she really took off when she was older. So she was really left to do these motherly type of roles and yeah. I, I i i just think she's great man like i really do and i don't think she get mentioned enough i don't think she get enough enough shine and that's what we're gonna do like dude this is gonna be like you know how on drink champs how mm-hmm. drink drink champs is really like every time i don't listen to a lot of it but when i do listen to it, they always talk about how the guests that they bring in a lot of the times are giving people their flowers while they're here. Yeah. This is this is like that episode for me of like giving somebody their flowers while they're here that they don't get a lot of that respect, man. So that's why I really wanted to do this this next one. Right. Right. I agree with you, man. Um this is this is gonna be a very special one, man, because this I think we just gonna be pretty much going down memory lane with this one. Um but you know what I'm saying? Y'all stay tuned, man. Watch that next one. Um, we got plenty more coming for y'all, man. You know what I'm saying? You know, this is just only the beginning. Um, we in the early stages of this year. We got a lot more coming. You know what I'm saying? If you um if you're listening through the audio, thank you. You know what I'm saying? Make sure that you're hitting that uh that subscribe button, make sure you share it with a friend. Um, if you lit if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit that subscribe button as well. Make sure you hit that like button as well. Um, and you can also hit that share button, man, and post it up. Let people know that we finally back on YouTube. We definitely appreciate it. Um, man, listen, you know what I'm saying? This is this has been, you know what I'm saying, one, one heck of a ride. Um, man, we, we you know what I'm saying? We just begun, bro. We finally got our one-year episode out the way. You know what I'm saying? I can't wait till we do the two-year episode, bro. That shit is going to be fire. Um I don't think we got a chance to talk about uh we didn't do New Year's resolutions on the first two episodes, man. So real quick, let's just I'm let's do one apiece. What do you want to accomplish this year um for 2021? Uh I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me is I have a number. Um I'm not gonna say the number, mm-hmm. but um I, I was given this number by, you know, another person that's a part of the team as far as Casey, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? There's a number that I'm trying to hit with subscribers, man. Um yep. and like that's that's my biggest goal this year is to hit that number or at least get really close to that number. So like man, really basically, man, get the subscribers up, man. Um, because this is the thing, one of the reasons I wanna get that up. Not only because I want our content to be heard, but I don't think there's no reason to really ask the people for like because I want to get the subscribe numbers up so people so we can ask the people like yo what do you want to hear? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. then like once we get those numbers up and get people's ideas, and I'm guessing the way we'll do it, we'll just take what was said the most, and we'll do that movie whether it's a movie that we had planned, whether it's you know, it's just something that's going to be like a fan appreciation type of episode thing. So yeah. that's that's my goal for this year, man. Basically, in a short answer, get that subscriber number up to a certain point of what I wanted to see. And, like, that's that's the one biggest thing. And that's for all platforms. That's for this 28 Minutes or Less and a Stolen Time podcast. Because all yeah. of these podcasts intertwine with each other. Because you come on all three, well, the other two of them. You know what I'm saying? So... That's that's my that's my 2021 thing, man. Is uh, is, is hitting that certain subscribe number. Yeah, man. Um, for me, it's just uh simply, you know, what I'm saying, continuing to grow. You know, what I'm saying, I want to continue to um, 
I want to continue to grow this podcast. I want to continue to grow all the other podcasts that I do. Um, I got some big, big things in the works for, you know what I'm saying, uh, my my isolated society that I do. Um, and it's just, man, it's just about to be so much fun. And I just want to enjoy everything that I do, man. That's Those are my two things. I want to, you know, keep my growth or continue my growth. And I just want to have fun, man. Those, that's it. That's all. I don't have nothing deep, none of that stuff. You know what I'm saying? That people probably expecting, but I just want to enjoy this shit to the fullest the way I have been um, since I started doing it. And I haven't had any down, well, I take that back. I have had some down moments, but I try not to let those, you know what I'm saying, pretty much um, tell the story of what I've been doing. I kind of just let people know just how much fun I've had doing this. Um, it's, it's amazing to finally, you know what I'm saying, do something that is so straightforward and narrow like you know anything else I've been on usually is so so wide open and broad like now I got something to actually focus on and focus into so this has been um not only just a challenge but just a ride of a lifetime and it's been amazing bro I've been enjoying it um and with that said man y'all can follow me at Scoots Bronson um on Twitter on Instagram at Scoots Bronson underscore TV. Make sure you go check out 15 Minutes of Fame. The last episode I did was with my guy, S. Dot Foster, man. We talked about uh, some conspiracy theories. We talked about um, a little bit about him doing some podcasting. We just got into a nice conversation, man. We had a blast, man. Yes, sir, man. Um, you can follow me at uh, S. Dot Foster on Instagram. Um you know, all the podcasts on all major platforms, 28 Minutes or Less, just all the time podcast. Hopefully it's easy for y'all to find. Uh, I simplified that podcast, man. You know what I'm saying? I, I did have it spelled a unique way. Now it's just regular. You know what I'm saying? So the Stolen Time podcast, you can find it everywhere. Uh, change the logo, man. I changed the logo because it was like, yo, I used it for three years. Let's try something new. Hopefully this is a little better for the people. So, you know what I'm saying? Y'all can find me. And all of those places. That's right, man. Um, and once again, thank you guys for listening. Um, thank you guys for watching as well. You know what I'm saying? We appreciate that, man. Um, you know what I'm saying? Third episode back on YouTube. We enjoying it. Uh, we got a lot more to come. With that said, man, um, like they say in Hollywood, it's a wrap. Okay. <laughs>